Great morning, everyone, and welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Gelini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 85. My great pleasure to be back with you again today. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of our goals on Thank God for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. And as such, we are honored this morning to have with us a most special guest. His name is Dr. Jack Wiley. Dr. Jack is an award-winning organizational psychologist, researcher, author, and leadership consultant. His latest release is the outstanding book, the employee-centric manager, eight keys to people management effectiveness. Hello and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Dr. Jack. Greg, I'm delighted to be with you. The honor is really all ours. Sadly, we've only got about 30 minutes, so if it's okay with you, we're going to jump right into the deep end of the pool. Excellent. I had a corporate career in Big Pharma for almost 30 years. And it's very interesting because naturally I was never a manager, but worked with a lot of managers. And I always wondered this question. I'm so glad we had the expert on to answer this today. How much training do most managers really get, Dr. Jack? You know, that, that is a, a wonderful question. I actually conducted a survey last year uh, and I asked 1,000 people managers in the United States how much training they had received in people management responsibilities. And what I found was that over 70% of all managers in the United States today have received uh, no more than four hours of people management training. In fact, some of them have not been trained at all. And when you think about the critical nature uh, of a manager's responsibility uh, in managing others, it's astounding uh, how little prepared many managers in the United States are today to carry out this important responsibility. And we have to remember, there are 24 million people managers in the United States today. So uh, the universe we're talking about is is truly uh, phenomenally large. You have just shared some amazing statistics and amazing things I had no idea it was 24 million, but to think some of them got zero training, boy, that speaks volumes, no doubt about it. Now, clearly, we are not beyond the COVID, uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, we're still in the throngs of things at this point in time. How would you describe the challenges that really lie ahead for managers and employees during the remainder of this hellacious pandemic? Right. Well. What employees have told me 
and, and again, this dates back to a survey I conducted right in the midst of, of COVID, about six to seven months after COVID hit. Employees told me that there were three things that they especially wanted more of from their manager. Uh, one thing had to do with more support in daily activities. A lot of employees, of course, had uh, moved to a work-at-home scenario. Uh, they needed to be supported on a daily basis. Uh, some of them were uh, dealing with uh, coworkers who were ill, uh, couldn't perform, and so uh, there were fewer workers to meet the demands of the job, uh, especially when you put employees in their homes. Now, all of a sudden, uh, they're dealing with pressures on child care, on kids going to school, on perhaps uh, support for elderly parents, some of whom might be sick. So workload support was number one. Number two, they wanted their managers to really step it up in terms of ensuring their safety, kind of following the safety guidelines uh, for workers, social distancing, protective uh, equipment, those kinds of things. Early on, this was uh, of heightened importance to employ. And the third thing that really came through was that they wanted increased flexibility. In other words, you know, I'm working under duress. Uh, I need a little more flexibility in the hours I choose to work. Uh, if I'm working offline and in a remote location, uh, I have other demands that are that have been placed on me. Give me more flexibility in choosing how I go about my work. Uh, and those were the three things that emerged as being what employees wanted more of from their managers during this pandemic. I think another stress that's been put on managers is now they have to learn how to manage, if they haven't before, they have to learn how to manage uh, more of a virtual team. Uh, people who may not come together on a day-by-day -day basis, they may not interact with one another. And, and what are the stressors associated with managing a, a workforce that actually never gets together physically in the same location? So managers have needed to learn some new skills and organizations have needed to support their managers in uh, those new demands that have been placed on them. I could really relate to what you're saying because during my days at Big Pharma, I saw teams literally from around the world who never got the chance to be co-located, but they were expected to research, develop, manufacture, and market drugs. And just the challenges of trying to do that remotely, very much so. And this brings back those kinds of memories Gee, how difficult it must be for the 21st century manager during this COVID time to try to manage these people remotely. Is this what you're finding, Dr. Jack? Right. So uh, basically, you've just defined stress. Stress is the result of the demands being placed on you, outstripping the resources you have available to address those demands. And so the workforce... Uh, and the workplace, if you will, the dynamic there between subordinate and supervisor has changed pretty dramatically uh, over the past uh, year and a half as we've gone through this uh, COVID and the consequences of operating uh, during a pandemic. Uh, you, you have so many employees right now who are quitting. Uh, you have uh, so many who have stated an intention to quit. Uh, you have some who are reacting to the vaccine mandates in a in a negative way. Uh, they don't want to be forced into that. Uh, our current estimates are somewhere between two and eight percent of employees uh, who fall under the vaccine mandate are going to refuse uh, 
uh, to take that uh, that shot. And so you can imagine when you're already struggling to find workers and you potentially are going to lose two to eight percent of your workforce on top of that, uh, the stress piled up for managers is very significant and how they need to show up to employees uh, to retain the talented staff is critical. Now, to be a manager today is very, very difficult. Now, thank God we have you, Dr. Jack, because right on the cover of your book, it says here, a decade of research reveals five behaviors, one skill, and two values to accelerate your success. If you don't mind, we can peel the onion. Maybe we could start with the five key behaviors for managerial right. success. Do you want to briefly talk about each of these five, please? Right, right. So this is what employees told me. So, uh, Greg, I'm going to be talking about the employee voice. This is what they expressed in their own words. Uh, number one, uh, they want managers who are who provide support and understanding. Uh, that is that they're accessible, they're available, they communicate with employees, they listen to employees, uh, they show a sense of cur- courtesy and genuine interest in their employees. We call that showing support and understanding. That's number one. And actually, that's the, the attribute that employees identified most frequently as the most important attribute they want. Wow. Secondly, is to provide recognition. Uh, recognition is different from reward. We're talking about psychological appreciation. Uh, in the old days, we would talk about this as a pat on the back, add a boy, add a girl type of recognition. It really doesn't cost you anything. Uh, thirdly, and I thought this was quite interesting, uh, and it's a unique attribute, although it relates to some other attributes, employees said very clearly that they wanted to be treated with dignity and respect. So in other words, they wanted to be viewed by their manager as someone who is there, competent to do the job, interested in succeeding, wanting to contribute to the success of the organization, and they wanted to be respected for that, not treated as just a cog in the wheel, but wow. as a working adult who is there to add value. Uh, the fourth behavior was to communicate clear performance expectations. And I'm sure from your own experience, you would understand this. Employees want their managers to define what success means. So in other words, communicate your priorities, what represents a successful outcome. That's what they want to know because they have a need to be successful. They want to be competent and want to be seen as competent. And the fifth behavior, uh, not surprisingly, is to reward performance contributions. So they want their manager to ensure that they have fair compensation But that's just half of the story. They also want managers who are going to reward them with opportunities for training, for skill development, and to help them advance their careers. So when we think about the behaviors that employees want from managers, I mean, behaviors are really those things that we do to influence or react uh, to others. Those are the five that that are most critical that employees identified. I could really resonate with all of those, and in particular, thinking back over my career in big pharma and now in higher education as well. But what about expectations is so important because there were times where I could meet and exceed my manager's expectations because he or she did a great job of really stating clearly what they were. And there were times I remember disappointing managers and not that I didn't have a role in that, but they could have done a better job in clearly articulating exactly what they were looking for instead of one day wanting this and second day wanting that. 
So we've covered very nicely the five key behaviors. You say there's one key skill. Share with us about this, please, Dr. Jack. Right. So a, behavior, a, a skill is really a behavior that you're good at. It's something that you've practiced that you become very proficient at. Uh, and employees were emphatic in saying that they wanted to work for a manager who was skilled at problem solving and decision making. So in other words, they want a manager who's going to size up the situation, make decisions, not dither, uh, help them bust through the obstacles to getting the job done, uh, weigh the, the consequences, but still make a good decision, be open to alternatives if, if the first try doesn't work and learn from their, their past mistakes. This is what they want in a manager. They don't expect perfection, but they do need their managers to, to clear the pathway so that they can competently accomplish what it is they've been asked to do. So that's really what it's about. Problem solving and decision making, not just doing it, but being good at it. It really makes perfect sense. No doubt about it. That skill being so critical. And then finally, you mentioned two key values. Share with us about those, please. Dr. Right. Jack. Right. And, and it's interesting, uh, Greg, these, these values uh, are very important to employees. Uh, we call values personal standards of conduct. It's, it's how employees expect their, their managers to behave. Uh, in fact, if you put the two values together, they represent one out of every five responses we got to the question of what do you most want from your immediate boss? Here they are. Number one, to be fair and just. So in other words, to make decisions equitably, uh, to do that with a sense of objectivity, to be ethical in how you conduct uh, your decision-making processes and, and how you treat employees uh, under your supervisory uh, responsibility. The second uh, is like it, but it's separate. It's to be honest and trustworthy. So this is about walking the talk, integrity. Do managers do what they say they're going to do? Do they follow through? Are they honest? Do they communicate in a forthright and transparent way. This is what employees want. And again, a one out of every five employees worldwide indicated that this was the most important uh, value or attribute that they wanted from their manager, these two values. So uh, it, it really rep represents a big chunk of what's important to employees. I can really relate to both of these, no question about it. Now, it's interesting because one of the things we're hearing a little bit more on Thank God for Monday over the last couple of years, especially since COVID, is the need for managers to be courageous. Do I have a sense courage is kind of blended into some of those things that you just spoke about? Right. I, I think courage is important to inspire employees. You know, it's one thing to to have a mission or a vision for what we're going to do. But it, it, if it's not presented with confidence, if it's not presented uh, with energy and with enthusiasm, uh, a display of courage coming through that, yes, we've got barriers that we have to work through, but, you know, that's what we're going to do. That's what I'm here to get paid for. That's what you're here to get paid for. Let's get on with it and let's move forward. Uh, I think that really relates back to uh, decision making and problem solving. We can feel overwhelmed. Uh, by the circumstances that befall us, but it's still our responsibility to sort that out, figure out a path forward, and provide leadership by example for how that's going to be accomplished. 
Couldn't agree with you more, no doubt about it. Now, one of the things I saw in the corporate world, and sometimes even here in higher education, there's a disconnect between what employees really want and what managers think they want. Help us out, please, Dr. Jack. What is this disconnect? Right. So there are a lot of things that managers and employees agree on, but two of the big disconnects were that when I asked managers, what do you think employees most want from you? They really missed the mark on two in two areas. Uh, number one was recognition, how powerful and important this is to employees. Uh, but when I asked managers, what do employees most want from you? Only 1% indicated recognition. So wow. <laughs> I mean, this is a huge gap uh, right there. So the second piece was just how important it was to provide support and understanding. Uh, it, it, the, the percent of employees who's, who ranked that as their number one need doubled uh, the percent of managers who thought that was the number one uh, need or preference of employees. So we have two gaps there, kind of a misunderstanding of just how important providing support and understanding is and how important it is to show recognition uh, to employees for the good work that they're doing. That's quite a disconnect. There's no question about that. Now, I find this fascinating. I've even seen it here at St. Francis College where I do ministry that this whole remote work has changed management very significantly. And I'm very curious, what are the attitudes of managers toward remote working? And do they differ at all from those of employees? And, and if so, how, Dr. Jack? Right. So I think one of the, one of the challenges for managers with remote work, if, if they previously were unaccustomed to this, uh, on the part of their employees working remotely, they've given up something, haven't they? Uh, before they could walk down the hall, they could see how people were doing. Uh, they had the chance to interact with people. Uh, maybe they, there were some go-to people on their staffs that, that they went to with, problems that they needed input on in order to solve, what have you. But they had kind of a, a pulse on how their team was doing by just walking down the hall and talking to people. Now that's different. And what, I've, what I'm finding is that some organizations, with or without the consent of managers, are putting in monitoring systems to see how employees are doing uh, how connected they are to work, are they performing, what are the hours during which they're performing. And I think this is going to create a bit of a problem for employees. If we go back to one of those preferences they have to be treated with dignity and respect. Well, how 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 dignified is it? Uh, how much respect do you feel you're being treated with if your performance is being monitored uh, when, in fact, you're a professional employee given responsibilities to accomplish and you want more flexibility and autonomy over how you do that work, uh, I think some organizations are going to find that that, that could backfire uh, in terms of these performance monitoring systems and how it's going to make employees feel. So that, along with managers now in a tough position where some of their workers may be remote, some of them may be on site. And so how do you, how do you work with a blended team? And do the people who have FaceTime with the manager are they all of a sudden the in group, but the people who are working remotely are the out group? So there's uh, 
an array of demands that are on managers now that they weren't dealing with uh, 24 months ago. This is really a challenging time to be a manager, a challenging time to be in the workplace. Thank God we have you, Dr. Jack, to provide these solutions, these tips, these keys. Uh, no doubt about that. Listeners, for anyone who's just tuned in, welcome to Thank God for Monday. We're the weekly talk show about the workplace on WSOU 89.5 FM locally, streamed around the world at www.wsou.net. I'm Brother Greg from the class of 85 and the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn. Much more important than me today. We've got a great special guest with us. His name is Dr. Jack Wiley. Dr. Jack is an award-winning organizational psychologist, researcher, author, leadership consultant. Uh, His latest book, The Employee-Centric Manager, Eight Keys to People Management Effectiveness. Uh, We've been talking about this great book. We've been talking about key behaviors, key skills, key values, and he's helping us with really a challenging time for managers uh, at this time in the COVID world with a lot of remote working, uh, working that we weren't used to doing. We always had our staffs right here. All of a sudden, they're not in front of us. Uh, you know, how do we wade through all of this? Uh, fortunately, we have Dr. Jack to really help us, certainly. And it's really important, Dr. Jack, you mentioned before about rewarding performance. I want to peel the onion on this because I didn't realize before you gave us that tip that recognition is different than rewarding. But let's talk a little bit more about rewarding. Why is it so important to today's workforce? Right. Well, the reward for employees is sort of the quid pro quo. Uh, I bring my talents, my skills, my abilities, my competencies to the work. I I perform them uh, and play them out to the best of my ability. In response, I I need fair compensation. I expect fair compensation. It's really not always about more compensation, but it's about being treated fairly in terms of the rewards received. So this is an exchange. This is a transaction. And in the transaction, I expect I want as an employee to be treated fairly. So uh, this is really what it's about. But it wasn't just money. It was also opportunities for growth. So it was almost equally split in terms of what employees most want. Yes, they want to be paid fairly, but they also want to have opportunities to develop their skills through training programs to advance their careers with career growth and, and development. And they want the manager to play a role in making those things happen. Now, sometimes managers are working within the limits of budgets. They're working within the limits of corporate policies. But they do expect their manager to be an advocate for fair treatment in the form of of pay and in the form of training and development opportunities. So that's really what that's about. That's that is uh, that hits the pocketbook. There's you know, there's a, a dollar and cent uh, aspect to this, because if I advance in my career, certainly uh, and go up the chain of command, so to speak, then you would expect even greater rewards. So that that part of it hits the pocketbook. That's different uh, from from recognition. Recognition is really psychological. Do I feel appreciated? Does my manager tell me that I'm doing a good job when, in fact, I do a good job? Or are they the kind of manager who's stingy in praise and also takes credit for the good ideas that employees have and um, not show the spotlight on to employees uh, for the great work that they're performing. So that's, that's a real distinction. 
I, I learned early in my career, recognition is one thing, reward is different. Uh, the first is psychological. The second is more of a pocketbook issue. Wow. Thanks so much for clarifying that. Now, I want to talk with you in just a moment about this study that you did, because it just sounds amazing. But if I can ask a question before that, please, because why before you came along talking to 80,000 employees, I still can't believe this number, 80,000 employees in diverse professions around the globe, had nobody directly asked them the questions that you ask in this great book of yours? How did this all happen? Right. Well, it, it is it is interesting. I mean, we have great theories of leadership out there, um, work that is the consequence of decades of research. Uh, there are many of, you know, my highly admired uh, colleagues in the field of organizational psychology who have contributed to this. But actually, if you look at the theories that exist today, there is really no theory or framework of leadership attributes that is based entirely on the employee voice. And that's what I was going after. Let's just simply start from scratch, no preconceived notions, go out to employees on a global basis. Uh, This involved representative samples of employees from 27 countries around the world, representing 85% of the world's gross domestic product. I wanted to see if there were universal attributes that were important to employees, regardless of cultural background, uh, gender, uh, racial, ethnic origin, uh, all job level. I'm looking across, you know, the the universe, so to speak, of employees in, in today's world and asking them to identify what they most want from their uh, immediate boss. And this is the result. Uh, I'll give you an example. We think of support and understanding. Uh, we talked about that already as being accessible, being uh, providing help, uh, listening, uh, being courteous and considerate. Those kinds of things are what comprises support and understanding. You may be surprised to know that when we look at job level differences, it turns out that that job level that most wants that attribute in their boss are senior executives. So more so than individual contributors, senior executives identified support and understanding as their most important one from their immediate boss. So it's it's really, I think, fundamental uh, to relationships between a manager and subordinate to show up in a way that treats people uh, the way you would expect to be treated. Uh, I mean, this basically boils down to the golden rule. Uh, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so if managers would hit the pause button as they work through difficult situations involving employees or the leadership of a team, if they could just stop and ask themselves, how would I want my boss to handle a situation if I were the subordinate and was depending upon someone else to come through? And so if we if we adopt that point of view, we're going to end up making better decisions uh, keeping relationships intact, uh, being able to attract the talent that that you need to get to get your team's work done, because you will build a reputation of being someone who is centered on the employee, realizing that the employee is the critical link uh, to achieving your goals. We saved the most important question for last, Doctor Jack. From where can our loyal listeners purchase this great book, The Employee Centric Manager? 
How can they best follow you, please? Right. So you can go to Amazon and find the book. Uh, you can also go to my website, www.employcentricity.com. Uh, that'll direct you to the Engage to Excel website, and you can purchase your copy there. So we have multiple venues available, and thanks for asking, Greg. Uh, that's the very least. Listeners, please do yourselves a great favor. Pick up this wonderful book, The Employee-Centric Manager. Holiday time, not far away. Pick one up for yourself and a couple for some managers that you know, and even for some employees that you know who don't manage her. Because uh, I've read this, everybody can get something out of this, whether you're an individual contributor, a manager, a C-level executive. So please be generous and give this book away to others. Uh, This really is one for the ages, no doubt about that. After you've done that, don't hesitate again to follow us on the Tweet Tweet, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for uh, segments, et cetera, cetera. We want to hear your voice. Dr. Jack just talked about the importance of being open ear. Uh, We want to do that here on Thank God for Monday. Keep those suggestions coming. Dr. Jack Wiley, author of this fabulous book, The Employee-Centric Manager. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on Thank God for Monday this week. We've been enlightened. We've been greatly inspired because in this mire of COVID, in this mire of trying to manage properly, you've given us a lot of winning formulas. Continue joy and success and happiness in all this fantastic work that you're doing. Well, thank you. I I love your enthusiasm. Appreciate the interest. Uh, Thank you very much for the invitation to be on board. Uh, The honor is all ours. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Dr. Jack does, you'll say, thank God for Monday.